What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Got an exciting guest on here tonight and we are going to talk about uh, mainly dock fishing, like targeting redfish, flounder, trout on docks uh, with a heavy focus on redfish. Uh, but we're, we're going to also talk a lot about just fishing inshore structure, um, what that means, what we look for is inshore structure, and a lot of that being man-made structure and how to fish that correctly, uh, what kind of bait to use, uh, how to approach it, how to set up on a dock, how to set up on a piece of structure. So if that sounds like something that's interesting to you, stay tuned for sure. Before we get into that, uh, I want to let you all know this show is sponsored by First Class Glass, which is a boat um, fiberglass company here in Wilmington. They do a lot of uh, warranty work for different companies around town, different boat manufacturers or boat dealerships around town. Um, do an incredible job of any type of fiberglass work you need done. Full restoration of old boats, uh, redoing motors to make them look brand new again. Uh, a little ding, nick repair, you know, putting new floor. Anything fiberglass or painting or anything like that you need done to your boat um, here in the Wilmington area, even the North Carolina area, check out First Class Glass. I'll have them linked in the show notes, uh, the description, all that stuff on podcast platforms on YouTube. Um, so definitely check them out. Also, if you have any questions about them, feel free to hit me up. On, they also have Instagram. It's First Class Glass. I think there's a Facebook, First Class Glass. So check that out. Also, go check out Eastern Current Fishing on Facebook. Um, great place to connect with other listeners, uh, like-minded listeners, and, and you know ask questions, meet some fishing buddies, and, and hopefully we're just trying to build a community of, of anglers over there. Um, that's really the only reason for our Facebook uh, is, is for people to kind of get to know each other. Check us out on Instagram, Eastern Current. Check me out on Instagram, Judd Brock Fishing. Uh, if you're interested in booking fishing trips or anything like that, through Judd Brock Fishing or through our website, it's the best way to do that. Um, and I think that's all the crap I got to talk about here at the beginning. Um, not that all it's crap, but um, definitely not first class glass. First class glass is legit. All my stuff's crap. But uh, I'm going to bring on our guest to talk about dock fishing. And his name is, let me see, get this screen ready. Pierre, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, nothing much, man. Thank you so much. I was talking to Pierre pre-show. We were talking about doing the podcast last night. Had my father-in-law's birthday, fell asleep on the couch, woke up, got home, and just completely blanked on doing it. So thankfully, as usual, um, the guest is very flexible with my crazy uh, unorganized life. So, um, But excited to have you on here, man. And uh, I think this is a topic that will really resonate for a lot of people Um because, you know, sometimes dock fishing, it sounds simple, but it's not. I mean, you, you've got to know where to be, where the fish are on that tide. Like, there's a lot of docks and, like, knowing which dock to pick and which piece of structure to pick and when they're going to be there and how to fish it. There's a lot to that, um, you know. And, and j just like any type of fishing, you can definitely elevate your game by focusing on key points and, and tactics. And so excited to have you on. I know you, um, you wreak havoc on a lot of the dock fish around this area. So... I'm a dock banger, man. That's that's my uh, that's my mo. I mean, I'm I'm not ashamed of it. I think there's a there's definitely a little stigma that goes with it, but I think it's um it's something that a lot of people can take advantage of, and I think it's just something that um it, there's definitely a, a an art to it. I mean, just like anything else you do, you know, there, there's there's a way to do it. Definitely, um, I think we can we can cover that. So I think one of the really cool things about fishing big pieces of structure like that, docks in general. Um, is there's a lot of, not a lot of days you can't go do it. You know, you, you can usually almost always go out there and, and pull something off. And that there's something for, you know, to be said about that as far as fishing goes, because you can get blown out and weathered out a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, you got options. Um, you know, if you got a West wind, you know, you just got to position yourself out of that wind and it's, it's something you can, you can do easily. Um, you just got to know, you know, where, where your docks are that, that, you know, are holding fish and, or, or might be holding fish. 
And um, but yeah, you got plenty of options as far as getting out of the weather to, to do this um, this kind of fishing. For sure. Yeah, definitely. and it's year round. It's year round. It so. is year round. It is year round. Um, before we get too into you know the the meat of this, just tell people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you got into fishing, um, and how you became a dock banger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, man. I'm a uh, so like you said, my name is Pierre Genna. I'm um I'm actually. Uh, I moved down here and I'm a transplant. I moved down here in 2012 when I, you know, came down here to finish up school. And, uh, but, uh, grew up spending my summers down at, uh, down at the fort, Fort Fisher and, um, uh, being a pier rat down there at Curry beach and, and, uh, you know, fishing in the marsh back there and just having a good time as a kid. Um, made it on a few boats up in surf city, um, including surf city charters. And, uh, then got into a little bit of tournament fishing around here with the local tournaments with my buddy, Kevin. And, um, just kind of from there, um, decided one day that, uh, in addition to teaching, which is my main gig, mm-hmm. I, I decided that, um, that, you know, maybe doing some, uh, some charters in the summer would be a good thing. So Heck I'm yeah. just a little part-time guy and, and just enjoying what I'm doing, man. Definitely, man. I think that's awesome. And that's one of the best parts about the teaching schedule, man, is like, it gives you yeah. that opportunity <laughs> to like in the off, in the summer, you can kind of pursue your passion. And I mean, not that teaching might not be your passion, but you know, you, you have that time to do something that you enjoy in life and, and you're doing something really cool by teaching and then also being able to fish and share, you know, those times with people. I mean, I, I tell anyone that wants to get into guiding, dude, I mean, and maybe it'll hurt me one day, but I'm like, if you want to do it and, and you don't like what you're doing or you think you'd love guiding, try it because it is, it's a great job. I love doing it. Um, and it's just life, life's too short to, to, to wait and not do something that you're passionate about. So, man, I'm stoked for you on that. And, um, appreciate that man yeah Thank definitely you. definitely it, it's just a it's a good job and it's it, it, as you know it's fun to just share those times in the water with people um, absolutely so that, that's super cool man I, I love hearing people's story and kind of getting their background a little bit um, yep but yeah so let's let's dive into dock fishing so obviously there's thousands and thousands of docks from <laughs> Carolina Beach to North Topsail how do you pick a dock how, like let's go through that process of and obviously, um, the easy answer is you pick the dock with the redfish on it. But like, how do we find that dock? Yeah, um, I tell you what, you know, and I've learned this from a lot of old timers and just kind of listening, you know, from a kid to, to now. And just um, I look for the, I guess the simple answer would be if I'm just riding down the waterway, the first thing I'm gonna look for is the oldest dock I can find. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just like usually one of my number one cues. It's um, I look for growth on the dock. Do they got a cutting board hanging out there? Do they got um, crab pots? Anything that revolves around fishing, if I see that on a dock and I see that it's old and janky looking, I, I will capitalize. At least I'll at least pitch a bait up under there and see what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, that's something that I've noticed as well. Is not not that I'm great at find, my best way of finding a dock is seeing someone else bent over when I run down the waterway and they're sitting there on the dock, but. Um, <laughs> But no, oh, you're one of those guys. I'm one okay, of the, okay. dude. I'm, yeah, okay. I'm gonna take whatever whatever I can get. You know, that's how oh, I work. You got to. <laughs> but um, you got to. But it always seems to be, you know. And I have found fish on docks, and there, as you know, there's like community docks and historical redfish docks and whatnot. Um, but they're always old. You know, you're never. I, I can't <laughs> tell you one dock that I've caught that's not kind of gnarly and old pilings and whatnot. I'm sure they get under them, but. But like you said, the more habitat. And, and a lot of times yeah. in a creek, too, the spot where you the, the fish kind of lay up or hang out, it has more structure. It's got more oysters, mm-hmm. more grass, you know, flooded. It, it, there's more to it. It's more dynamic of a spot. Um, 
with, with that going on. Is there anything in speci- specific that like you see like with wood or concrete or bulkhead? Like, are there any key pieces of structure that that may trigger? And we're gonna get deep into this. We're gonna like maybe sure, talk yeah, about some yeah, things yeah. we there, haven't really been thought about. There's a bunch we can do with this, but. Yeah. Um, I, you know, again, if I'm riding down the waterway, I love a floating dock. Yeah. I love a floating dock because that what that tells me is is there's likely water there at all tides. Yeah, probably. You know, not all the docks, but um, that that's a good indicator, and that that's another piece of structure that's hanging out there that's just suspended. Yeah, and they can get up under. For sure. Um, I, I really like that. Um, so yeah, floating docks. Uh, I like wood docks. Yeah. Um, but but gr- I think I think the biggest thing I look for is I look for growth on that dock. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by growth is like, um, you know, any kind of your crustaceans, your shellfish, algae, things that are getting up on that on that structure and hanging out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I would agree with that for sure. One thing I've noticed is just a random thought is like I, I do feel like sometimes those docks that have, I don't know if you've seen this, but the cross members, like the cable cross members that just add like <laughs> some more to it. It seems like fish like that. I don't know, just a little more security. And you were talking about uh, like a floating dock, something that fish can get under. There's a spot up at... I'm going to be very broad here. Topsail, a dock at Topsail um, that has one of those floating mats on it that you can like kind of crawl around on. And okay. dude, the fish were every, every winter, the, the people just leave the thing in the water. And if you, if you drive around all of Topsail and find this mat, go fish it. Um, congratulations. But, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, they love getting under it, man. Like, you, like you can see them just barely on the edge of it sometimes. Like, but they don't want to leave that thing. It's so hard to skip sure. a bait up underneath there. But you got to kind of. I'll, I got to the point where I was like pitching it up on top of the mat and like slowly dragging it off and letting it fall right beside the mat, and they eat it like that. But yeah, we uh, we call that the natural approach. The natural you know, approach, yeah, yeah, just how it comes down. Exactly. That's where mud yep. minnows come from. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Uh, is there how, like do you have a, a preference on depth? of a dock or, or, or amount of water that you want to see throughout like a tide cycle? Uh, you know, actually depending on what tide, what part of the tide we're in, I'm fishing a different part of the dock. Okay. And I think that's something that, um, that I may be in my head, I think is unique that I do. Um, but I'll tell you what, at a higher tide, I, you know, Oh, another thing I look for is I look for grass lines behind docks. Okay. I don't look for, for hard beach. I don't look for sand. Um, either I'm looking for oyster bars or um, grass. I love the grass that touches up next to the dock. Yeah. I think that's just another added, you know, structure piece that they can get into and, and play around in and feed in and feel safe. For sure. Um, so at a higher tide, I'll actually fish towards that grass line. Like Even the base of the dock, if you will. Yeah, you know, and, and what I call it is I actually call it the corner where the grass okay. line meets the dock and it's usually the walking part of the dock and not the gazebo part if you will yeah i'll um i call that the corner and i love fishing the corner where the grass meets the dock yeah um on a higher tide and as the tide falls out i tend to fall back with the dock um towards even fishing on the outside edge of the dock um at at a dead low tide Mm -hmm. um or as the tide transitioning so sweet yeah that's uh i can think of a couple spots where that corner of the dock I've, i've had good luck on just um and like you said, at a higher tide, it's really kind of transition up and down those docks. Um, one thing I've done before um, when scouting and looking for some docks, I'm curious as if you've done this. I've gotten on, and I can't even recall if this like was beneficial or not. 
Um, but it always, it seems like some of the docks, they're a little deeper at the end, or there might be like some shallow docks, and there's one dock that's got maybe another, it's been dredged out, and there's maybe three or four, two or three more feet of water there. Sure. Um, but you, you can scroll through the years on Google Earth and kind of ch- change the uh, tide in which, like the, say 2017, it's a low tide picture, 2018 might be a high tide picture. You can see some of those docks that are a little bit deeper at low tide. Um, and I know I did a, I spent like a four or five hours one day marking a bunch of docks on Google Earth, and I, I can't recall if that if I ended up finding any any more productive docks. But um, have you ever used Google Earth to to scout out you know dock areas? Absolutely. Another thing I'll actually drop in here is I, I uh, in addition to that I have Navionics on my phone. I uh, see. So I play with Navionics between Navionics and Google Earth. Um, that's that's usually how I do. Like let's say. Let's say, for example, I'm going to go fish down in Ocean Isle. I don't mm-hmm. fish a lot in Ocean Isle. I'll pull up that area on Google Earth and Navionics, and I'll get, you know, present information currently what the you know what the water's doing down in Ocean Isle, and then I'll get um, information historically from Google Earth, just like you said. Um, I think that is probably if you're just sitting around on the couch, that is the best thing you can do to prepare yourself to get you know to go fish. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's in any kind of fishing, really. Yeah, definitely. In shore, at least. Definitely. Um, yeah, preparation, and especially now, all the resources that we have, where we can we can be way more dialed before we ever get on the water. I think it's so important. Absolutely. Um, l- let's talk a little bit about like dock location, like meaning, what are some of the things that you might look for or trends that you've seen as far as like where a dock might be placed? So like, let's talk about like maybe like the mouth of a western creek or like back in a western creek or a dock on an island or a dock on a on a point, you know, or any of those key factors sure. that play into holding fish at, at certain times? Um, different times of year, I think those fish move around. Um, I love I love fishing a lot. You know, if I'm just going out looking, I love fishing docks that are inlet adjacent is what I'll call it. Yeah. Um, docks that are, that are closest to the inlet, you know, when those fish are transitioning at different times of year, I'll fish near you know those inlets and yeah. i'll fish that structure near the inlets and i think that's just one of the um definitely one of the starting points i would say is if i was just going to go out there and start you know dock banging today i would say that that fishing docks near the inlets is a great thing you can do definitely um now just depending on species um and, and different times of year you know i mean I, there's a there's a whole variety of things you can do I, I would say you know in the winter time i look for a little bit deeper water deeper docks whether it's in the icw um or in the like in the bays of like you know these some of these marinas are holding you know great yeah, fish and yeah and uh you know always a good opportunity to, to try those out um but yeah i mean it's, it's just species dependent you know if i you know just depending on what time of year and what I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm looking for different things for sure. For sure. I, I just had this thought while you were talking about that. Like, I think that one of the cool things about this, a dock fishing podcast like this is it is something that is, I say more, re- I think would say more relatable to everyone all up and down the coast that listens to this podcast. They can sure. take the, the ideas behind, you know, picking apart a dock, even bass fishing, you know, a, yeah. a, and, and apply it to their fishery. Cause you know, you get down into Florida, you got snook that orient on docks, you got baby tarpon mm-hmm. that orient on docks. Absolutely. Um, and, and they all are using that structure for the same reason for cover, uh, for protection and as an ambush spot for bait. So um, yep. don't, don't be, you know, if, as I always share, it's like, even if it didn't relate to your area at all, it still does because you know, the, the different tactics and styles of fishing in different places, 
um, you know, can be taken, I don't know why I'm struggling so hard to explain this, but can be taken <laughs> anywhere and applied. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's the most versatile, you know, it's on any body of water that you can fish, there's going to be a dock. Yeah. You know, if there's, if you're putting boats in there, there's going to be a dock. So there's um, been bass master or bass, like elite series tournaments and stuff, one fishing the, the boat ramp docks, you know yeah. what I mean? So like yeah. there, there's something to dock fishing. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we, you know, Zane and I, Zane Long, where and I, we were in uh, Florida, we were peacock bass fishing and, and of course, you know, it was a windy day. What did we do? Flip docks. Yeah, and uh, awesome. we had success, man. It was it was a great time. So, Heck yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's literally something you can do anywhere. It really is. It really is. Um, is there any other – I'm going back to that question I was talking – Mike, going back to this question that I was talking about before kind of like dock placement. Um, and I, 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 I'm thinking, I'm like, as we're talking about this, I'm rolling through my head of like all the docks that I fished throughout the year and, <laughs> yeah. and trying to like – Piece, to, piece it together and and sometimes it t- makes total sense like while there's fish in the back corner of this marina or mm-hmm. you know the dock on the point but other times it's just like a random dock that they show up on sure um but are there any other key factors of or points of like why why choose this dock um let's that's see. a very we broad talked. question yeah no for sure but we talked about we talked about water depth um i would say i'm looking for a little bit of current near that dock too you know um i like i like moving water near these docks and i like seeing bait you know um that's definitely a key piece that i think we missed was um seeing bait around these docks or or if you're in the marina seeing bait in that marina or you know wherever you're at you want to see bait Uh, i think that's pretty pretty common with with any fishing spot you'd love to see bait so Mm -hmm. yeah i would say bait's key uh for sure well let's talk let's talk now about um I guess we did talk a little bit about like where on the dock you're fishing, but take sure. me through kind of like your setup, like you're rolling up to hit a dock. Like how do you okay. approach it and how do you do power pole, spot lock, drop an anchor? What's the, what's the most effective way in your opinion to, to oh, approach gosh. Fish a dock? You know, it's um, the most effective way. I fish a flat bottom Carolina skiff. So yeah. I, it's the everyday man's boat doing the everyday man's fishing. Yeah. And, uh, um, so having that, you know, you're, you're not the quietest boat. You're not the, the fastest, you know, it's, you're not the, the, you know, the, the easiest boat to maneuver in the wind either. So, but you're darn stable. Do, you're darn sure stable. That's yeah. exactly right. And, uh, but I, I do have a power pole and I, uh-huh. I would say, you know, if you want to get into this dock thing, a power pole is huge. If you can do it, get two. Yeah. Um, changing that angle up a little bit, man, yeah. that, that, uh, that power pole, you know, you can come in and you can essentially what I really would say, okay, let's say I'm moving into a dock and I see uh, the dock I want to go to. I want to shut off my motor about 50 to a hundred yards away from that dock. Um, it's just, you know, you want to be as quiet as possible because those fish are holding up under there thinking they're completely safe. Um, so I, I will shut off my motor and I'll move in um, using a trolling motor um, very, you know, just on one or two just to get to where I'm going. And once I got enough speed, I'll actually cut that off and just let the boat carry into. And I like, I'll, I'll usually start either in between the dock or on the outside of the docks. Mm-hmm. Um, in between the dock being I'll, kind of like between two docks, like the neighboring dock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly right. So yeah. Um, and what that does is it opens up another dock. You can fish right behind you too. For sure. So, um, don't, you know, don't rule that out. Um, even though I will say maybe later on I'll mention that, um, 
you want to fish on a certain side of a dock. I've caught fish on one side of a dock and not on the other. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, which is which is wild, but yeah. um, very true, and it's happened a lot. So even sometimes um, yeah, like so, specific pilings, like you're getting bites on oh like one gosh. piling. It's crazy. I think I've pulled. Um, we were fishing one day, and I think one piling held about four or five nice eighteen to twenty inch flounder on it, whereas the guy <laughs> two and a half feet down maybe caught one yeah so <laughs> you know it it's wild yeah. it's absolutely insane it is crazy but yeah um so yeah just when you go into a dock and, and you want to be courteous because you're also fishing someone's backyard right so you want to take care of that spot so you're, you're moving in moving quiet take care of those fish um and power pull down or or even a mud stick um big fan of the mud stick that's how i got started um use that mud stick and, and just be as quiet as possible don't slam hatches um and once you get in there, um, you're going to want to pitch your bait up um, into that dock and, and and just be patient. Don't. A lot of people like to move that that bait in and out a lot. I let the first one sit there for a very long time and and just wait. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's key. How often are you maneuvering around the dock? Like, if you don't get a bite, are you fishing through a dock? Are you giving a dock a certain amount of time? Does that depend if on I'm, if the you know fish are there or if you're like kind yeah, of scouting exactly. it? Exactly, okay. I think that's exactly right, Judd. Um, I will if I know that I've historically caught fish there at that very similar condition because th- again, making notes about what conditions you're catching on fish is uh is very important. Yeah. But um, yeah, historically, if I've known I've caught fish there, I'll give it an extra ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Um. But I will, I will maneuver around. You know, fish are going to move from one dock to the other. So if you're in an area with several docks, I would say it's definitely worth moving. You know, maybe if if you're not catching fish within 15 minutes on a dock, you're probably pretty safe to say that they're not going to eat. They're not going to be eating at that time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yep. And, and, but like you were saying too, like maneuvering around, hitting a slightly different angle, a little bit different part of the dock is, yeah. is key. Uh, and those fish, sometimes it seems like they're like keyed into one dock, but other times they'll kind of fade between three or four docks, two or three docks, um, you know, where I'm, I'm catching them on one dock or, or all of a sudden you'll have three guys' rods go off and yeah. then nothing for like 10 minutes and then it happens again. It's like they'll, they'll mm-hmm. kind of transition around back and forth. Uh, but man, it's so funny, like how the dude that's throwing it under the white bumper near the corner of the dock is hooking all the fish and the dude that's three yeah. feet over to the left. Like I, it just shows how much creatures of habit, the redfish trout and flounder are as they move through yeah, structure. Sure. They're, they're traveling the same path. Um, yep. I guess one thing too, that we should talk about What all would you say you're consistently targeting on docks? Is it, is it more than just redfish? Yeah, I, I would say redfish is probably, you know, everyone loves catching redfish. Yeah. So I, I would say redfish is number one. Um, number two, would definitely be flounder and and of course with our with our fishery the way it is right now that that kind of that, that's kind of been pushed to the wayside um unfortunately and that's that's my bread and butter i love flounder fishing yeah me too um, especially flipping docks for them and it's very similar to bass fishing um i love doing that so it's um it's too bad it's too bad yeah i would say flipping docks for flounder is i mean almost i never really thought about that especially with artificial is almost exactly like flipping docks or bass i mean yeah and it's fun man especially that i have a little skiff and a lot sometimes when i'm out by myself and i want dinner i'll just go flip docks or for flounder 
Um, and just being on it myself, you know, with the trolling motor, and I can maneuver around and hit all the different little angles. It's really fun. Like, it's fun to skip the cast up underneath the dock and, um, yeah. you know, get that retrieve. And there's truly, I mean, a trout thump's good, but, like, a good flounder thumping on artificial is about as is about as much dopamine as I can have released on a, on a bite from a fish that I can't see at least. How about the hook set too? Dude. Man? When, you, <laughs> when so, they hit, you can just ream into it. <laughs> That's what I really, I just yeah. like setting the hook and feeling the thumb. I don't give a crap about the fight. I don't care anything <laughs> about putting, getting them over the gunnel. I just want to feel the bite and set the hook. There um, you go. I'm with you. Well, yeah, that that's cool. Uh, do you, and I've caught like, I'm asking this because I haven't really done done much targeting of trout on docks, but have you found a pattern for catching trout on docks much? I, I haven't dedicated enough time to it, honestly. Yeah. I, I have caught trout on docks, yes. Yeah. Um, I would say at the right time of year in the marinas. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. There, there's, um, there's good opportunities to do that, um, but it, it's not steady. Yeah, it's usually crowded. So for sure. Um, but um, I, I would say another species that I really like to catch um, on docks is black drum. Yeah, that's something sure. that within the past, I think, two or three years that I've really started to, like, say, okay, you know, black drum, you know, flounder's closed. Black drum is another great species that we have that, that's kind of always been pushed to the wayside. Definitely. But it's really fun to catch. Yeah, they and, pull uh, hard, they taste delicious, and they can get just as big as really. redfish. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the problems with it too is like so often when I'm fishing a dock, I'm pitching a bay fish up underneath it. And yep. so like having a guy that's going to throw a crab or shrimp or something like that. Um, so you can fish a whole dock and not ever catch the black drum because you never threw the right bait over there. That's exactly right. And and what I will say is that something that I've, I've started to do is I'll bring, I'll bring two or three dozen fiddler crabs with me. Nice. And... You know, I don't know how many times, especially getting into this time of year, you know, May, June, I'll see a very large sheephead on an inshore dock, Yeah. you know, that I'll be fishing for redfish. And and more times than not, I'll take, even if I just take my, you know, my jig head and, and put a crab on it, more times than not, I've hooked up on that sheephead that's been hanging out there. That's awesome. Um, so that's, that's something I would highly recommend everyone doing is just... Keep a couple crabs with you. Definitely, so. definitely. Yeah, it, yeah. I think it's important to, to realize, you know, people just think like shrimp, bait fish, you know, and and we can get into like there's tons of different types of bait fish to fish on docks. Sure. Um, there's so many options for bait um, to use while, you know, cut bait, dead bait, live bait to use inshore here and near shore. But um, what are some of the, what are some of the ones that you like to use and, and you find effective and you're confident in? Um, as far as so, like not artificial goes, so non artificial baits that I baits. love to use, mm-hmm. I would say, and I learned this from a guy up in up in Topsail area. Best bait I like is it, and I think this is where Zane got that nickname from. Is uh, is yeah, I love cut pogies. Cut pogies. I love a cut pogie. Yeah. Um. There, there is nothing like that. That centerpiece of a pogie. Cut the head. Cut the tail off of a fresh pogie, and that is red fish candy. Yeah. I tell you what. So yep. much scent, man. When you cut into those, just yep. the oil and junk that comes out of them. I mean, there's no yep. reason a redfish wouldn't smoke that. Um, mm-hmm. If is there any other types of baits that you use? Are you mostly trying to fit like always fish cut pogey if you can? No, no, no. I, I would say, um, you know, obviously depending on what I'm doing. If I'm fishing flounder, I'll I love pulling a finger mullet on the ground. Yeah. Um, 
that I would say a finger mullet over a pogey just tends to be a little hardier, stay alive a little longer. Sure. Um, can kind of work it better too. So, um, finger mullet for the right situation. And if I can't find pogies, I'll grab finger mullet and yeah. I'll fish it. Um, I'll fish those live. And yeah. I, I don't cut those for some reason and, um, fish live finger mullet for redfish and flounder. And, uh, I love them both. It just whatever I find that day, you know, whatever's convenient, I'll go with. And, but if I'm having a tough day, I love a cut pogey. Yeah. A cut pogey. That, yep. that confidence and in, in, in that scent is, is pretty key. Uh, yeah. What about for for black drum? Is there any, anything specifically sure. used for black drum? Uh, yeah, um, crab, 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 and yeah. that's something I picked up from the podcast here, man. Right um, on. Just listen, listening to Zane. You know that you know that you hear about it, and we fished together before you guys did the show, I think. Right. So, um, but get crab, absolutely. Crab is is a way to go for that. Um, you can get away with shrimp the right time of year. Um, but it's got to be fresh. It's start, you know, that time of year is starting to fade hard right now, unfortunately. It's, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's, uh, I love when you can fish shrimp, man, because everything will eat it. Every single fish out there. Maybe not a flounder. You can definitely catch flounder and cut shrimp. But yeah. um, they, I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite for flounder. Um, but uh, and tr- I mean, I guess trout and flounder will both eat dead shrimp, but it's not necessarily always the, the best. But it, it, yeah, if the fish are chewing under that dock or whatever structure you're fishing, yeah, shrimp is shrimp is the number one. You know, you're gonna find out whether or not there's a fish under that dock with a piece of shrimp. Yeah, that's so. very true, especially fresh shrimp. Absolutely. Now, are you like Zane? And I'm trying to take after this, where you're fishing a lot of uh, fresh shrimp, like trying to go and buy actual fresh shrimp from the fish market as opposed to like a I, cup of shrimp at Intercoast Angler. I, I I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I stay away from the cup of shrimp. Again, if those fish are really hungry. You'll get away with it in the frozen cup, the yeah. hockey puck, but uh, um, I would say fresh shrimp is the is absolutely the way to go. And if you can, you know, right time of year, if you can get live, live is going to be even better. Yeah. So yeah, just expensive. I've heard. T- tell me if you've heard this too. That maybe it was I, we keep shouting out and saying he's going to have to give us like a hundred bucks or something for this podcast. He's a great. He's a great guy. <laughs> he's a great dude. Um, does uh, what's the tackle shop at Carolina Beach? Why am I forgetting the name of it? Island tackle. Island tackle. Yeah. Do they have shrimp year round? I've heard they've had they have shrimp year round. I, you know, I'm not sure. Okay. I, I don't I don't buy my bait down there. That's that's a ride for me. So. Yeah, it's a ride for me too. Yeah. That, but um, if one, they've got uh, live shrimp in December and January, then it's worth the yep. ride. <laughs> I know one stop bait shop up in Surf City does. They do. Um, okay. Yeah, that that's usually if they're out, it's because there's probably not any shrimp to be had. So gotcha. Okay. So they're um, gonna yeah, try one stop bait shop. Yep. Sweet. Um all right, any other any other bait that that kind of comes to your mind as far as dock bait? Not not as far as live or, or fresh or dead bait. Yeah, things so like let's that. go artificial. Um, artificial. Yeah, sure. Um, I would say um, I, I love my Z-Man products. I'm a, I'm a Z-Man fiend. Um, I, I love a good, nice, you know, a large diesel minnow. I like the four, the five inch diesel minnows. Um, those are great under docks, yeah. especially if you work them slow and on the bottom. Uh, a lot of times those, if there's not redfish, those flounder are going to pick that up really, really easily. They yeah. love a large fat profile of that, of that diesel minnow. Mm. Um, so artificial baits. Uh, yeah, I love Z-Man. Um, something, uh, you know, uh, it's usually more at night, but sometimes at night I'll go flip a, uh, a, uh, topwater around yeah. the dock. And I know, I know some guys that like to do it during the day, um, early in the mornings, late at night, they like to flip, um, flip a topwater under there and work it underneath the dock. So. Heck yeah. Yeah. The, the, I know. think that structure a lot of times will cause those fish to, 
to float or orient a little bit closer to the surface on those docks. They feel a little more comfortable, and so that top water is just right there in their face. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a question that I just thought of too, and, and it can be it can vary for sure. But as far as how currents working through a dock, mm-hmm. explain kind of how you like to set up if there is a stronger current pulling through a dock. Do you like to sit above sure. it, below it, out in front of it? Um, um, I, I ideally, I would like to set up on the, um, it like facing into the current. I like to cast up current and let that bait come down with the current. Especially if I'm fishing, let's say I'm fishing a finger mullet, um, I'll definitely want that that finger mullet to come down um, with that bait. Um, most of the bait's probably moving that way too with that yeah. current. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the natural look and, and I, I like to stick with that. Um, but there have been instances where I will fish and let baits kind of drift into the dock. Um, the only problem with that is, is you're not, you're not usually, if it's, there's a lot of current there and it's pretty deep, you're probably not tending bottom unless you have a, a ton of weight on that thing. Yeah. Um, then, then you're running into the risk of snags and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I definitely like to pitch up into the current and, and let that bait come out. And if it falls out, then you know, you got to recast, but you know, a lot of times it'll stay up in there for, you know, several minutes, enough for, you know, a fish to come pick it up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. Uh, I, I think that's a good segue into kind of your rigs that you like to, to fish under docks. Absolutely. Uh, and as far as the, the bait goes, like, what do you, you're, are you a classic Carolina rig? Is there anything different you do? Um, I like a short Carolina rig. Okay. Um, again, uh, something from the old timers up in Surf City. Uh, I love a short Carolina rig. Um, but I, I still use a circle hook if I'm fishing for redfish. Yeah. Um, one, it takes care of the fish. Amazing. Two, for maybe some of your novice fishermen, it, it helps with that hook set. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that hook um, coming unpinned while you're fighting that fish. For sure. Um, so I'll use a short Carolina rig. Um, another thing I really, really like is a, a, is a knocker rig. Mm-hmm. Um, and First Flight, makes they're starting to make some new... Um, they had circle hooks on a, on a knocker rig that I've seen recently. Oh, cool. And that is, um, yeah, that's a very cool product. That's a very good idea. Um, but yeah, I love a knocker rig. It allows for a much more accurate cast. Definitely. So yep. when you're saying short Carolina rig, explain your, your setup a little bit. So are you going, okay. um, for the sake of ease, what I'll do is I'll, I use swivel. Um, yep. I know a lot of guys like to tie on, but I can tie, I can make 20 rigs before I go out in the morning and have those ready all day because you are going to get broken off if you're fighting good sized redfish you're going to get broke off yeah um God, so, painful. so it, it it's hurt it hurts <laughs> it hurts um so i'll go swivel and then i'll go maybe about a five inch piece down to a um down to a bead um and let that uh let a let a weight slide in between that bead and that swivel and then i'll probably go another four or five inches down to a circle hook okay cool. um so you're you're looking about from from the bottom of the bead to the way you're about five inches, and that's that's about as long as I like. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem you know, especially under docks. There's already so much structure, probably stuff that's been dropped mm-hmm. off the dock. Like a lead weight sitting close to the bait is the last of my worries as well when it comes to those fish eating. Uh, yeah. So I, what I've I think what I've seen is that at different times of year. So if that water clarity, you know, like we have in the winter. Um, I think a, a leader is necessary, so I'll go a little bit longer in the winter um, to keep that to keep that uh, that weight away from the bait. Okay. So Sweet. yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, what was I about to say? 
Oh, what? How much weight do you like to fish typically? I know it is going to vary big time depending on what you're fishing, but is, yeah, for sure. Is there a standard weight if you're fishing just like a kind of medium current dock that you like to go with? Yeah, I think the uh, the weight that I probably grab the most of is, is a half ounce, half ounce, half ounce egg weight. Same here. Yep. Same here. Yep. Uh, well, cool. Do you ever find yourself fishing? This is something I grew up doing as a kid a lot, and I, I haven't really done it guiding much, but it used to be so effective. Um, and we would, you know, go cast out a bunch of mullet and then rig them on a jig head through the lips alive and fish them, you know, even when they they die, you keep fishing them, but pitching those up underneath the dock and kind of hopping a jig head out with a mullet rigged on, on, onto the jig Man. head. Do you do much of that? Or have you, you know, you know I've, got, I've, I've gotten away from it, but yeah, you know, that's, um, that's the easy way to do it. I mean, that, that's, that's a great effective way of making sure that your bait is a tended bottom, you know, cause then if you're fishing for flounder, if you're fishing a long Carolina rig, you know, a lot of mistakes that are made are you're fishing a two foot leader and that, that bait is, you know, two feet off the ground. That that flounder's not as enticed to come get it. Right. But man, when, like you said, with the jig head, you're tending bottom the whole time. So right. that's um that I think that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it was, man, I, I want to do some more of that again this summer, but that's a fun way to flounder fish. And uh, Oh yeah. Just pitching those jig heads up in there. It's uh it's a cool it's a good way to kind of power fish docks too and, and to to figure out if, if it's a spot worth sitting up on, like kind of pitching those mullet and working your way around the dock and going to the next dock. Same, you can do the same with a Carolina rig. But then the other nice thing, what you're saying with like a knocker rig is sometimes you get a long leader on a Carolina rig and you're trying to get it up in a little corner, a little pocket or something in the dock, and it's like something <laughs> ends up catching or hitting or hanging. And so yeah. fishing a little tight knocker rig is definitely a good way to, to punch it up in there. Um, Absolutely. Well, sweet. Well, let's talk a little bit. I know we talked about this pre-show, but – um, what are some other pieces of inshore structure that you prefer to fish? You know, if you're not necessarily on a dock, um, what's some other stuff that people can kind of key in on and target? Um, we have several bridges in the area. Bridges are a great opportunity for a variety of species. Um, I love fishing the bridges. Um, let's see. Uh, I look for any kind of rock wall. A lot of people will make an artificial rock wall. Um, along their their beach per se um that's structure that's going to be holding you know little crabs and little you know bait fish yeah i will absolutely hit a drift you know i love drifting for flounder by the way that's another thing i love to do um but i would say i would absolutely let a bait you know um go along that rock edge you know a lot of times you'll pick up black drum that are hanging out there um, redfish, you know, flounder even. So, yeah. um, yeah, rock walls, bridges, any kind of hard structure is what I'll call it. Anything okay. inshore hard structure, I love queuing in on. Yeah, hard structure. Um, let's talk a little bit about bridge fishing and, and, and yep. targeting bridge for bridges for redfish and flounder and whatnot. Sure. Um, it, it, I know we only have a couple of bridges here, um, but, but how do you like to set up on a bridge and, and how do you like to kind of go about targeting redfish on them? Again, so um, I like to for redfish. I like to position down current, down current, okay. and again, again cast into that current and let that bait work down, um, and try to stay um, parallel to the structure that I'm fishing. So if there's a, a set of pylons on my left, you know I'm going to try to pitch as close to those pylons as possible, but to make it to where that bait is, is coming back to me mm-hmm. um, in in that drift set. So sweet, sweet, yeah, uh, yeah, fishing. I, I grew up fishing bridges quite a bit, like up, up there at Topsville. I used to go fish that old swing bridge and um, mm-hmm. fishing down Man, there. Man, that was a spot right there. That was a good spot. That was that a, was a spot. spot. <laughs> um, 
And just the, those large pieces of structure, man, it's just cool how all of our inshore fish will hang out on them and orient in different ways and kind of sit in different ways. But uh, you got to kind of know how, really how to – there's so much snaggy stuff in those big, deep current areas. But, uh, you know, in return, that means fish habitat and, and understanding how to fish them properly and get your bait where it needs to be is is always uh, – you know, it, it, it separates, you know, are you going to just get frustrated and break a bunch of stuff off or are you going to catch some fish? So, sure. Uh, but yeah, I like fishing, the, uh, sorry, fishing vertically. It? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, fishing vertically is great too, you know, on bridges. Yeah. Um, if you've got enough, uh, if you've got enough depth, you know, fishing vertically is not a bad choice either. Um, and that kind of helps with the snags a little bit. You can kind of control that a little bit better. For sure. So. What would you yep. say in a boat? Cause I know it's different in a kayak, but in a boat, how much depth do you think you need to effectively fish vertically for redfish? Trout or, or flounder, I mean, are a little different, but like redfish, sheephead, sure. black drum. Uh, you know, I like round number. I like 10. 10 feet of water, yeah. Ten, 10 in that area. I'll go shallower. Um, again, if, I, if I've if i caught fish there when the water's been a little higher, you know, I'll again, I'll give it a go. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. afraid to, you know, I think a lot of times we get set, oh, those fish are only going to bite on high tide in that spot. You know, and then if you don't go back, and or they're only going to bite in this water depth, you kind of get set in your ways. Right. <laughs> you got to be flexible. You know, Definitely. those fish are those fish are still there. So, Definitely. Yeah, I would say ten is probably my round number to fish vertically. Um, I love deeper though. You yeah. Know, deeper, deeper's great. Definitely. So. Yeah. You know, you're out in the ocean, and you think thirty feet of water it sounds so deep. And I had someone say it one time. It's like, think about your boat. You know, it's 22, 23 feet long. So that's really only just a couple feet longer than this boat it's not that far away you know 30 40 feet sounds so deep but it's really not deep at all i mean yeah. those fish can see the boat plain as day up there which is the funny thing for sure uh, nope yeah it's uh it's it is it that that really kind of blew my mind when i started thinking about it like that because 40 feet sounds sound sounded so deep but being quiet it's just and, du- and double not, your boat you know it's yeah. just double your boat exactly so, that's being, crazy yeah i didn't think about that yeah being quiet and like not cranking the motor or even like live well running like it could affect the fish it might it might not yeah. or might you know so those are all things to think about for sure um i'm trying to think if we missed anything else about about dock fishing here is there anything else that comes to mind that, that you'd want to share um I, I would say, yeah, two things. Two things that I did make a note of. Um, okay. I would say being courteous to other fishermen on docks is a huge thing, um, especially in this area. You know, we do have those community docks like you had mentioned before. Um, and, and I think just as a little note, you know, if you see someone fishing on it, give them their space. I yeah. mean, um, you, you'll get your opportunity. And a lot of times, a lot of guys are real friendly. You know, if you're if you're – being stealthy and you're doing those things that, you know, to take care of those fish and not really, you know, beat up on them too bad. Um, just like you guys that are fishing the big, big schools in the flats. Um, you know, you guys take care of your fish out there and, you know, not try not to beat them up too bad. It's the same thing on the docks. And, you know, we, you know, us dock guys like to take care of our fish. So, 100%. um, yeah, it's, uh, I think that's so important. What would you say the unspoken rule is? Like, do you, if you see someone else on the dock, do you roll up there? Or as soon as you get up there, you turn around and say, let's come back and check this later. I know that can well, probably I depend think, on who it is and where it yeah, is. Yeah, oh, but, it does. I was yeah. trying to say, if it's, if it's Kevin or Zane or somebody like that, I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming yeah. in there. Uh, we'll tie the boats together and we'll do that. But, uh, no, if, if you're not familiar with that person, I, I would give them their space. You know, I would say – I like to go two docks down. That's that's usually what I'll do. Or, um, you know, if it's a crowded day, if it's a busy day, I'll, I'll fish the next dock down, but I'll stay away. I'll go on the opposite side. 
you know, just give them your space, uh, give them their space. You'll have an opportunity to fish that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's important. And, and, you know, it's like you said, people are are usually pretty friendly about it, but you know, always, always spread out. And a lot of times when I find fish that I didn't know were in an area, even in the creeks and whatnot, it's when there's somebody in my first, second and third spot I wanted to go check. And I'm like, well, crap, now I'm just got to, BS my way through this morning and <laughs> go check some stuff I haven't checked in a while and act like it's going to be really good. And then I'm like, well, dang, there was a bunch of fish in here I didn't know about. So uh, yep. don't just, I, I feel like some people just give up when there's someone or that their ape or B plan doesn't pan out, but use that as a time to just explore and check out some new stuff and, you know, don't get so sucked into like, oh, I, I want to keep going back and checking this dock to see if that boat's gone. Like go check some new stuff. I mean, Yep. That that's that is what's going to make you a better angler in the long run is, is being versatile and, and having a lot of stuff in your back pocket there to go go check out. You're absolutely so. right, man. I, I have a, a golden rule, you know, if, if I go and hit a dock that I know is holding fish, I have to go try something new that day. You know? Yeah, and for sure. A lot of times it's paid out, you know. Yeah. But I, I do make it a point every day I go out, I'll go try something and maybe get skunked, you know, but mm-hmm. um you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And, and that's something I, I try hard to do. It gets tough in the summer when I'm rolling and working a bunch, but mm-hmm. try to always look at something. It doesn't have to necessarily be brand new, but something that I haven't fished in a while. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to get in this stale pattern of like hitting the same crap every single time. And then all of a sudden it dries up and you're like, oh shoot, you know, I have not been doing my leg work and I got nothing for tomorrow. <laughs> um, so we'll yep. see what happens. That's kind of how I'm feeling about my trip tomorrow. So. <laughs> I hope that person's not listening to this podcast, but uh, nah, you got it, man. You got it. I'm, you got, uh, you got options. Well, I'm down in the river tomorrow, and I've not been down there much Oof. lately, so okay, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, hopefully, it'll pan out. We'll see what happens. It should. There you go. I'm excited. I'm very excited for this trip because I haven't fished down there at all lately, and so that's just exciting to me to go fishing. I haven't fished. It, it becomes what I fish, you know, from downtown to Oak Island. I fish all that a lot in the summer, but. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll probably get my butt kicked. But yeah, it humbled me and made me a better person. Um, there but you, go, you said you had two things written down. Um, was there one more that, that you wanted to share? Uh, if not, no worries at all. The, what was the other thing? I think I think we touched on it already, man. Okay, I think cool. we're good. Cool, cool. So yeah. Well, sure. sweet. Well, man, we're at 45 minutes. I think that's good. And, and there's some great information there. And, uh, you know, like we said, it's a winter or it's a full year round fishery, wintertime, summertime, springtime. So. Um, get out there and bang some docks is all I got to say. <laughs> yes, uh, sir. We're also, you guys, we're going to hop over on Patreon and do a little bit of extra recording for our Patreon guests, okay, Patreon members over there. So if you do like the podcast and want to help support the show, um, you can do a little $5 donation a month over on Patreon. It helps out a bunch. It pays for everything. It lets me make a little money off this and um, nothing much at all, but it's super, super appreciated. And uh, we do... Uh, I do thank you, everyone on Patreon that's helping support. But we're going to slide over there. We're going to talk a little bit more. Pierre, thank you so much for, for doing the podcast. Hey, man, and, thanks uh, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And and tell people real quick, I've got it all linked on here, but tell people where yep. they can find your, your God business. Uh, yeah, so this is my first year. Um, I am full disclosure, first year. Um, rising Sun Fishing, rising.sun.fishing. Um, you can find me on all the social medias and then rising-sun-fishing.com. Sweet. Yep. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, man, thanks again, and everyone that listened to this podcast, thank you all so much, and we will see you next week. Later.